We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Face Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham on WTIC News Talk 1080, Light 100.5 WRCH, and also 96.5 TIC. This morning, I have two guests with me, so we'll introduce them one at a time. We'll start with Jonah Francis. He is the vice chair of the Home Care Association of America, Connecticut chapter. He is also president of Pansy Home Care. Welcome to Face Connecticut, Jonah. Glad to have you here. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here as well. Thanks for the opportunity, Morgan. Oh, absolutely. And also with us is Matthew Hallisey. He is a lobbyist, government affairs consultant of his own firm. Great to have you here, Matt. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks. It's great to be here. I'll start with a question for Jonah. He's somebody who owns his own home care business in Connecticut. And because of that, I think that he's a great person to ask this very first question, which is, what are some of the issues that you're seeing before the industry here in Connecticut as we begin 2024? Jonah? Thank you. Um, Well, I believe the very first thing that's probably most important to home care owners and will equally be important to the clients, the people that are acquiring our services, is the Medicaid reimbursement rate. Um, as minimum wage has continued to increase in Connecticut, first we had the fight for 15. Um, that's brought minimum wage from, I believe, 10 to 10, all the way up to $15 an hour, which it is, um, which it was ending in, I believe, June 2023. Uh, now we have the economic, um, the yearly economic raises as well, which currently has in January brought the minimum wage up to 1569. So while most home care owners I know are not paying their uh, care staff minimum wage, um, it still is affecting uh, the bottom line uh, because, of course, wages do still have to go up. And as wages go up, that's going to impact the clients and their ability to continue to pay for our services long term. Is there anything that's in a really good position as we begin the year? Yes, I think that would probably have to be the fact that we as a home care industry, and in Connecticut, we're known as the homemaker companion agencies. Uh, we are actually positioning ourselves to move toward the Department of uh, Public Health, as opposed to the Department of Consumer Protection, uh, where there is a lot more oversight uh, for our clientele um, overall, and also uh, a lot more rules and regulations that might actually come into that as well. Uh, for Again, just overall better oversight for what's going on. Um, within our industry, safer for clients. And also with us this morning, um, we just spoke with him a few moments ago, Matthew Hallisey, 
a lobbyist from his own firm, and he's part of the conversation today to bring some greater depth to some of the issues that we are looking at in Connecticut this year and how they might be addressed in the legislative session this year, uh, maybe even further down the line. And so, Matthew, welcome to the program. What are some of the issues that you're seeing yourself? Thanks, Morgan. I think, um, as as Jonas said, um, increasing the Medicaid reimbursement rate, that's a perennial issue given the um, annual increases in minimum wage. Those costs um, uh, uh, are going to have to come from somewhere. And, and we're hoping that the department will not only, the Department of Social Services in the state will, will um, keep pace with minimum wage for uh, agencies, but also correspond with the timing of those minimum wage increases, which are going to occur annually pretty much now as uh, as of January 1, as Jonah noted. Um, I think another big issue is going to be caregiver safety. I think we're going to see uh, some, some changes. Certainly some legislation will definitely be introduced, uh, given the tragic circumstances that occurred in eastern Connecticut with a the death and murder of uh, a home a home uh, a visiting nurse out, out there, Miss Grayson, and uh, we're, we're we're hoping that um, that the state will address this in terms of safety protocols and education and even um, oversight by by uh, agencies, but also addressing perhaps the the state you know any state uh, responsibility there as well. Um, but also, I think um, the caregiver shortage is an issue, and we're happy to talk about that as well as. Um, the the um, as as Jonas said the uh, what's happening in the industry as far as transferring registration and oversight from the Department of Consumer Protection to the Department of Public Health. And just to establish a baseline here, this question's for Jonah. Um, we're talking obviously about home care, but there's a big difference between home care and institutional care. Um, maybe a fine line for somebody who is in and out of a more professional facility and trying to get back to being at home. And so could you kind of walk us through some of the differences between the two for somebody that is perhaps new to this conversation? Yeah, sure thing. So in the grand scheme of things, there's healthcare overall. And healthcare um, includes the hospital systems. Um, healthcare does, in my opinion, include home care as well. And when we're starting to talk about home care in specific, there we like to call things like the three-legged stools of home care. You have your non-medical home care agencies, which is, again, in Connecticut, we're called homemaker companion agencies, but nationally we're known as the uh, non-medical home care agency. And that includes um, agencies like myself that provides assistance with activities of daily living for our clients. And again, non-medical support. Uh, the second uh, leg of that three-legged stool I'm describing is the medical home health agencies. And with medical home health agencies, you have your visiting nurse, your physical therapists, your occupational therapist, and occasionally you might have a home health aide that might help with things like uh, a, a shower schedule. Um, and then last but not least, you have your hospice agencies for um, end-of-life care and um, that sort of journey. So that's what we like to call the three-legged stool of home care. And home care overall um, is a part of the healthcare system, in my opinion. Uh, we hear about a caregiver shortage. Are there enough people to go from home to home and make sure that these clients of theirs are in good care? Great question. Yes, the bottom line, there was a study done by AARP that addressed over 90%, I believe it's, the number was 92% of Americans uh, prefer to age in home. Uh, so in terms of going to a assisted living community, an independent living community, or a nursing home, 
Uh, most Americans are choosing to stay home and choosing that they want to stay home. However, I do want to acknowledge that those environments are appropriate for um, people that either want to go there or people that kind of need to go there, that um, their level of care uh, might require skilled care that is not possible to care for them at home any longer. Um, however, yes, in general, people do want to remain home and to address the home, the, the caregiver shortage and how that will impact things is there is a lot more people that want to stay home and age at home uh, than there is going to be active caregivers that are able to um, continue to care for them in home, especially because people may need a lot of hours, right? And there's only so much hours that one individual um, can care for someone on a one-to-one -one spectrum. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Jonah, how do we get more people into the industry specifically for the home care aspect if there will be a greater shortage going into the future? Another great question. I think that the industry, especially since COVID, has done a lot of things to try and incentivize people to continue to come into the industry and be professional caregivers, um, such as um, making the PCA or CNA uh, programs uh, a lot shorter. I, I remember when my mother was a CNA uh, back in the early 90s, uh, she her CNA program was about six months. And, and now these CNA programs tend to be a lot faster about there's the, I've, I've heard of CNA programs that are about two weeks. Um, so just kind of trying to do that a little bit faster, um, incentivize people to go ahead and take the program so that they know that they can get out of work or they can get out and start working a lot sooner. Uh, but there's also programs um, by the Medicaid waivers program that is also incentivizing family members to join the care the care workforce as well. And family members are able to start getting paid and compensated for contributing to the care of their loved ones. A question now for Matt Hallisey. We've been speaking a few minutes now with Jonah Francis, who is the vice chair of Home Care Association of America, Connecticut chapter, and he's the president of Pansy Home Care. My question for Matt, who's a lobbyist and really understands what's going on in the Connecticut legislature these days and uh, with this upcoming session, I want to know about this caregiver shortage. And are you hearing 
the lawmakers in Hartford from both sides of the aisle addressing this? Do you think it's going to come up this year? It's an issue that has come up in the past. We we hope it will. I think um, some of the challenges are really are can be related to funding. I think we're looking to see if there might be some dedicated training and education education programs that would be one way they could support and recognize caregivers. Um, perhaps raising income limits for people who are participating in state programs benefits such as Husky Health. Um, so this, it's it's a perennial challenge with the budget, um, I would say, and 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 related to those things. And with guardrails, fiscal guardrails in place, it's a it's a it's going to be a little more challenging. But we're going to do everything we can to advocate for that. I would also like to add that um, all these parts about you know um, about the role of homemaker companion agencies, they are part as as uh, Jonah said, part of the three legged stool, and others call it the continuum of care. For people mm-hmm. as they progress, as they age, in place, um, and nursing homes may have certainly have a role, and and other in hospice and and, uh, and and other other um, facilities, other programs. But um, our role, of course, is to advocate on behalf of uh, the home care industry in Connecticut and how we can help and support people who want to age in place and live at home. Speaking specifically about wages and getting people into this field and keeping them. I know that we've been speaking a bit about home care, um, but we heard about the possible nursing home strike in Connecticut, and there were other related strikes as well that uh, loomed. Some of them happened um, with group homes 2021 and 2022, and I believe also in early 2023. So at what point are we going to look at this and say, how can we get a more sustainable wage? Because it seems like every single year this possible strike comes up or almost every year it comes up. And I don't know if that's something that's been thought about that might happen in 2024 or 2025. Um, Does anybody, Matt or Jonah, have any insight on that? Yeah, sure. I think less on the home care side. I think that's more so on your... Uh, skilled nursing and, and hospital side that we've been seeing these strikes. I, I remember even dating back to it when my mother was a part of the um, nursing homes um, when she was employed by nursing homes and they used to go on strikes um, regularly as well. I think at the end of the day, caregiver the caregiving job is a very difficult job. It, it is not easy. It is very rewarding. It is very much so passion driven. Um, someone has to have uh, the ability to be a good caregiver, the patience, the love, the compassion to be a good caregiver. And unfortunately, at times, they're not compensated for the level of work that they're doing. And as, again, minimum wage continues to increase, of course, someone wants to make sure that their pay scale is reflecting on that of that increase as well. So uh, I think a lot of times we're seeing CNAs and other people within those settings want to make sure that they're, they're, they're being adequately paid and not just payment. But also there since COVID happened as well, COVID showed us that at times uh, a lot of these places are working understaffed um, as well. And so, you know, CNAs are not just fighting for pay, but they're fighting for, um, you know, equal work environments uh, so that they can, you know, know that they're caring for their clients well, while at the same time having the support that they need to deliver quality care. Sometimes we're looked at as a competitor to the home care industry is looked at as a competitor to nursing homes, but it's not necessarily the case. We're, we're complementary. We we support what is happening in, in that we also place caregivers, um, uh, homemakers or companions in nursing homes. These are these are the homes of, of 
people who are aging and uh, they consider that their home in the nursing home and that and that's fine. So we we follow them into nursing homes or assisted living facilities and provide care in those in those facilities. People who are in your association, Jonah, who is the vice chair of the Home Care Association of America, Connecticut chapter. He's also the president of Pansy Home Care. And I'm specifically transitioning the conversation this morning to talk about Joyce Grayson, who was killed while she was working as a home care worker in Willimantic. She was there as a visiting nurse. And I want to know initially, when you heard that news, Jonah, what did you think about and how are you looking at this as a possible way to maybe fix some problems that are in the home care industry? Sure. When I heard about it, it, it was shocking. It was frightening. Um, I almost didn't even have the opportunity to kind of, you know, figure things out um, because all of my CNAs were reaching, all of my caregivers were reaching out to me uh, because they were also worried um, shocked, and they could they saw themselves as someone that can easily be in that same situation. They're going into homes unsupervised, taking care of people that um, needs the help, the help and support. Um, so you know, again, I, I, I was hurt, I, I was scared, and but so were my team that were actually living that on an everyday basis. So two things come to mind when I heard about this situation uh, and two things that the industry is currently working to improve is uh, trainings for caregiver and also oversight. Um, so first of all, when we're talking about training, we're talking about how to recognize uh, certain situations that might be harmful to a caregiver um, when they're walking into environments. And then secondly, how can we properly supervise um, situations so that we can avoid something like this from happening again? And I think this is where the conversation kind of should start to turn to, um, you know, AI and technology and how technology can possibly help with this as well. I want to ask you, Matt, about traction that proposed legislation has been getting to address the problem of security for people who are home care workers. They're going to homes. Um, one name that comes to mind is State Senator Saud Anwar, Democrat from South Windsor, who's been a big advocate for saying that we need to do something about this. He has definitely. Um, for, uh, Senator Anwar is chairman of the Public Health Committee, and he, him, him along with Kristen McCarthy Vahey and Senator Catherine Marks down in um, down in the New London area um, have, have been leading the efforts to address this. I think you're going to definitely see some policy related to this. I, I expect that. And, and by the way, those legislators, among others. Um, there will be there will be something introduced. Um, I, I would like to go back and, and you know we were <clears throat> when this occurred we, it was it was tragic. It, it was just it was stunning and 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 this woman led an incredible life. Um, she was a foster parent, foster mother to many children. Um, while she was not directly in our industry, um, we're, we're obviously very sympathetic to to her to her and her family, and it just shouldn't have happened. But as as Jonah said, we we. Um, we like we we do provide um, the industry uh, does provide supervision and oversight and education and training and we're hoping that some of those policies that will be introduced um, will will address those and we'll also consider or keep in mind what is already done in the industry to keep people safe whether and even related to insurance we had a just last month we had a program with the Connecticut Association for Healthcare at Home we co-sponsored um, to talk about workers comp workers compensation in, in the workplace and particularly in, in, in relation to crisis situations that might occur. 
like this. So um, we, we expect to be part of that conversation. And um, I'm sure that the legislature, legislature will come up with some some solutions that will hopefully address this and, and uh, help help prevent this from occurring again. I'm looking at a document here from 2022 about the establishment of a community ombudsman program for home care, which would add more oversight. Um, and I know that that's from a year and a half, two years ago at this point, but looking ahead to this legislative session, is there an update on that situation and perhaps some improvements that could be made there, either Matt or Jonah? I think there, there's there's an effort underway to hire up to a dozen um, uh, community care ombudsmen who would actually be advocates for on behalf of consumers who are in the home to allow them to voice their concerns similar to what might take place in a nursing home today. Um, that I don't think it's been fully funded, but there is a, a, a new ombudsman that is in place, uh, community care ombudsman um, at the Department of Aging and Disability Services. We've been in contact with the community program manager in that in that office, and um, we're, we're actually uh, going to participate in a program sponsored by Connecticut Association for Health uh, Healthcare at Home, and we're we're um, uh, HCAOA is going to be part of that conversation, and, and we're also hoping to invite some of those fish officials to a, a, an annual conference that we're hosting in the spring um, as well. Matt, I'm also wondering, do you guys ever look for people to talk about challenges and also benefits of home care in the legislative session? Um, I know that there are many public hearings. Maybe there's somebody in the audience that has a perspective that they would like to share. Sure. We, there are people, uh, legislators, there's, an, there's a committee in the legislature that's been dedicated to aging issues. It's called the Aging Committee, and um, they've been. It's a very bipartisan committee. They're they're they they have worked well together on both sides of the aisle, and we're we're often uh, partnering with other organizations. Um, I think uh, Jonah Jonah is a member of Alzheimer's Association of Connecticut, and uh, we also work with AARP Connecticut, as well as the, the Home Health Organization, and we try to collaborate and form coalitions and. There is a there's I think we're trying to educate. That's one of our big roles of, of Home Care Association of America. We're trying to educate not only consumers, but also um, public officials and policymakers and how they can set policy that that helps consumers ultimately and, and makes and keeps the cost down for them to to continue to have uh, a safe environment at home and, and a place where people want to live out their years. If people are looking to learn more about that, this is a question for Jonah. How could they learn more about home care in Connecticut and about your organization being the vice chair of the Home Care Association of America, Connecticut chapter? As Matt said, it's all about education. It most definitely is. And uh, we as an association, we do a very good job of doing that. But also um, local home care owners are in the community consistently uh, giving education to the public. Uh, also to even our healthcare system going into different communities to deliver the message of what home care can do and how home care um, can benefit their residents and the community at large. But not only that, I do have to give credit to the Department of Consumer Protection as well, uh, because they do have drafts of things that, you're that you can expect from a home care agency to help with consumer decision. And so consumers can feel empowered and emboldened um, by what they're looking for and what they can expect from a home care agency. Now, if you're looking for Pansy Home Care in particular, um, it's very simple. You can go to 
for pansycare.com. Um, and you can look us up and see where we are, or you can find us on any of your social media platforms to see exactly what we're doing within the community. That's fantastic, Jonah. Go on, Matt. There's also uh, my my client, the Home Care Association of America. is um, it, it's, its website is hcaoa.org. There's a lot of information there about, about how to find um, quality home care, um, non-medical home care. And um, also uh, there are education and training programs that we have, mainly for home care agency owners, but but we do provide information about um, for uh, the studies and resources and and we provide training and education programs for our members. Um, but also, uh, I, I do want to add, as Jonah said, we're working closely with those with those officials in the Department of Consumer Protection, Public Health, and Office of Policy and Management as part of this transition plan that we referred to earlier that's taking place um, uh, over the coming months and years. Before we wrap up the interview, because I know we're more or less out of time here, I just want to make sure that I've touched on some of the topics, um, at least did some kind of an introduction to them. I know we had a number of topics here before us um, that you guys wanted to bring up. Is there anything else that you guys wanted to add? I would add the issue of industry standards. I think it's very important um, that for HCAOA and, and home care providers, we want to have a, uh, we're looking at a license perhaps down the road. Um, we want to be able to improve the delivery of in-home care to clients. And we think that setting those standards is one way to do that. Jonah, is there anything else that we're missing you'd like to mention? Just bringing more awareness to the public overall about you know the the shortage of of caregivers, but but not just the shortage of caregivers. The real experience that seniors are going through as they're continuing to age, uh, whether that is uh, isolation, um, not having enough support, or financial latitude to uh, be able to afford um, the support at home. So I would just urge anyone that's listening to this to reach out to their local constituents and, and voice your concerns about you know what aging might look like, whether for your family members or um, somebody that you care about. I want to thank both of you for coming on Face Connecticut with me this week. Jonah Francis, Vice Chair of the Home Care Association of America, Connecticut Chapter, and President of Pansy Home Care. Thanks for coming on this week. Thank you. We appreciate the opportunity. Looking forward to talking with you again for sure. And Matt Hallisey as well, lobbyist and government affairs consultant of Matthew Hallisey Government Affairs, LLC. We really appreciate you coming on, Matt, and sharing some added insight. Thanks so much, Morgan. And we'll talk with all again. Take care. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.